Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, pack up your beach umbrellas and swimsuits, we're leaving behind the blue ocean. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including everything coming out of Nintendo's earnings call. And then on Thursday, come back because we are going to be ranking Donkey Kong's Animal Buddies. There's a lot of them. There are a lot of Animal Buddies. We we put some restrictions on it, but we will talk about that on Thursday. Uh, Mark, uh, before we do that, though, how would you rank your animal buddies? Um, Who's your number w- number one animal buddy? Let's see. Uh, Terrence, the rat who lives outside my apartment building, high on the list. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, you're, you're not willing to commit to a, <laughs> a ranking for him Well, yet? I mean, it's a long list, and you really put me on the spot I here, did. But... I did. It's true. All right, I won't make you play favorites with the rats that live outside your building. Uh, just as long as you don't won't make me play favorites with the uh, ants that live in mine. Uh, but that'll be that'll be a good conversation. I think it'll be fun. Mark, how are you? I'm doing great. Mm-hmm. Uh, really enjoying the weather, which we yeah. we won't talk about very much because it's not a segment on our show anymore. We no but longer do a weather report. That's rainy. right. <laughs> it has. It's not really a weather report. More just like a brief mention of the weather. Right. It's. Uh, it's so, uh, it is not hard. We could just not mention the weather, but I'm going to go ahead and say it is hard to not bring up the weather. I think it's because for so long we talked about the weather. Uh-huh. <laughs> On this show, you On mean. On this show. Right. On this Nintendo show. That's right. As like a scheduled segment. Yeah. And that it just, sometimes it feels like comfort food. Yeah. It, like a, a thing that we need to, uh, that we just need to do so we can be comfortable with each other. Mark and I are very standoffish most of the time. What's a conversation with you if we're not talking about the weather? <laughs> is basically what it comes down to, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Here's something that's not weather related. Yeah. Your copy of Sonic Forces. My copy of Sonic Forces. I just sent it uh, to somewhere in Illinois, uh, you, but anyone can borrow it. Wonderful. It's like Flat Stanley. It's really seen the world. Mm-hmm, that's right. It's getting passed around. Uh, and all you need to do is email us your address, uh, send that to Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com, and then you get my copy of this game. You can play it for as long as you want, and then you send it back. All of it is paid for, uh, so, you know, what, 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 what kind of risk is this to you? It's like yeah. no kind of risk to you. No, especially since you put your name on this list, it'll uh-huh. probably be months until you get it. Yeah, I mean, there are a couple entries on the list right now. If you have contacted us in a way that is not emailing us, uh, saying that you want my copy of Sonic Forces, I need your address. You need to email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. Those are just the rules of the program. Right. Also, I don't want anyone tweeting out their address for no reason. Like, What a nightmare. Share with us. We're just two weirdos. If you tweet it, any number of weirdos will have your, your address. Not worth it. It's just Sonic Forces. It is just Sonic Forces forces uh here's another thing you could do you could rate our podcast on apple podcasts just like counting expert did we got a five-star review from them and we appreciate it 
greatly. Thank you, Counting Expert. Yeah, you can rank us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get this show. Yeah, and if you would, if you review us on something that is not Apple Podcasts, say like the Stitcher app. Right, and even more specifically, the U.S. Uh, Apple Podcast Store. That's right. That's the only place we see it. That's right. Our 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 range of vision is so narrow. We're like horse with blinders. That's right. And again, if you review us anywhere else, just shoot us an email and be like, yo, I did this. Oh, yeah, because we would love to give you a shout out. We would love to give Big you a shout out. even. Mm-hmm. And Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Gmail. Um, Mark, we are coming up on... A retro month. That's right. This is a whole month where we are, are all of our Thursday episodes, we're going to be talking about cool retro games. And not just cool retro games, but weird retro sequels. Now, look, weird is a non-specific word, right? Well, they're all weird, whatever that means, in their own way. Right. It means something different. Mm-hmm. It means something different for each of these games. It's something where the sequel is a large and unusual departure from the original. Which means the first one of these that we're playing is Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, on March 7th. On the 14th, we're doing Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins. On the 21st, we're doing Star Tropics 2. Uh, and on the 28th, we are doing Castlevania 2. Most of those are available on either Wii U or 3DS virtual consoles. Sorry about Star Tropics 2. It's not really available anywhere anymore. Uh, we got it on my, uh, on my Wii U going into Wii mode. We've got it on the virtual console there. I don't know what anyone else is going to do. Yeah, I mean, hopefully everybody had as much foresight as you did. Right, or still has their uh, NES carts from like exactly. 1992. Yeah, also I feel like there's some way that you can play these games on your computer that I've heard about, but I don't really understand it. We do it. not necessarily endorse what Mark is implying. <laughs> Uh, anyway, if you could play along and you know listen, those um, those will be fun episodes. Um, we've already got a few of them in the can. Yeah, and but let us know your thoughts. Yes, if you've played these games, if you're playing them for the first time, uh, we'd love to know what you think about it, any and all of these. Uh, all right, great, Mark. Let's get into what we've been playing this week. Uh, so I have been playing Wargroove, but only a little bit. I was very excited to get started on Wargroove, um, but the weekend just sort of got away from me. Uh, and so I've only been playing it for about a half an hour today. I love what I've experienced so far, um, but I, I believe I will save most of my comments on Wargroove until next week. Um, now I, I know that now that I've started it, I'm going to have a hard time not playing it well i uh of course am wearing my big point big boy pants now because i got all the characters unlocked in super smash brothers ultimate last that's week. right that's right uh and i did play a little bit of piranha plant mm-hmm. i also tried out the piranha plant last week was that after we recorded i think it was i think it came out on like tuesday or wednesday yeah i guess that, i guess that makes sense yeah, yeah it was fun yeah he's uh he hops around yeah i, I find some of his um moves to be not like what i expect them to be like his side b feels like it's maybe is that the poison that's the poison one yeah spits out um where like i almost want it to be his uh like neutral b Mm -hmm. um but the look these are me problems and not uh piranha plant problems uh i took him through classic mode 
which was fun. Uh, don't play with him in all-star mode right now, because that can corrupt your uh, save data. Yeah, so Nintendo actually released... Okay, so after the update was out and people were playing with Piranha Plant, there were a couple of reports that when they when the user played with Piranha Plant in all-star mode, it corrupted their save file. But Nintendo actually released a statement today saying that they investigated it and they haven't been able to reproduce it. Mm. Um, and as far as I can tell, it's not incredibly widespread. It seemed like it happened to a small, like a handful, literally like maybe five or less users on Reddit. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it's just there are so many variables in software that maybe it's just a weird combination of games they have on their switch combined yeah, it, it with... could, could be anything well and it's it's also not just uh the piranha plant there was like a couple different fighters that people were reporting um but i could see how that very easily could spin out into fake fakiness um and you know maybe just every time you play all-star mode which first of all what are you doing what are you doing why are you doing the all-star mode in this game it's not what are you doing it's not fun. Oh, maybe I don't know. Maybe people like it. It's going to corrupt your save data. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, um, and, and possibly. I've also been playing Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, tell me about that. Love that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I So I just did a bunch of moons in Metro Kingdom. Great. Still don't, don't, don't have every one in the kingdom, but got a little bored of Metro Kingdom. So jumped over to Wooded Kingdom. Yeah, great. Got a bunch there. Um, it's yeah, and then I just got bored of Wooded Kingdom, so just flew back to what's the like the first one you go to? Lost? No, like the prehistoric one with the T Rex, whatever one that yeah, one's called. Yeah, it's like uh like Cliff Kingdom. Yeah, Falls Kingdom or something like something that. Something like that. Whatever. Yeah. It Cascade is. Kingdom. Cascade Kingdom. That's where I am right now. Uh, I, that one I think is the kingdom where I ha- I have other than um, uh, one of those like non kingdoms that yeah. you stop at in the game. I it have the l- least outstanding number of moons on Cascade Kingdom, so oh, okay. I'm looking to like wrap it up. Yeah, just finish it up. There are very few kingdoms that I have completely wrapped up, um, including Metro Kingdom. I know there are a bunch in there that I'm like. Nope, probably never going to get. I'm never going to do this jump rope game a uh, uh, hundred times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That one, I, I tried it once, got to like 55, and was like, oh, I'm done with this, right? Like, I don't right. want to like, do I'm this never going to do it again. Yeah. Um, I, I don't understand how people were able to get, good for them, 999 moons without any without guide just, or anything. Yeah. It, it seems how do you find, impossible. Yeah. Yes. Unless you were literally scouring like every corner of the game. I mean, never underestimate the internet, but... Right. Right, right, right. Especially the people who had to, like, write guides for... Yeah, they had to find them in the first place. Yeah. Oh, boy. Speaking of how do you ever find all these things without guides, I have been playing Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Um, I continue to find it to be a delightful game. Uh, I put in a lot of time this weekend doing the uh, the fourth island, which is the the, like, underwater one. Um, some of those underwater like mazy levels are tough. Um, and like 
the ha- just having the added pressure of like, oh, and you might run out of air is like just one like button too many for me <laughs> where like, because I'm trying to, f- especially when you're like looking for all these puzzle pieces, you're like, no, I've got to try to swim into every wall to see if it's not a real wall. Um, and then it's like, oh, he's also going to run out of air and lose health. Um, it had been slow going. There were a couple of, of uh, levels that I would play through. And then play through again with Squawks, so he would like alert me to the presence of puzzle pieces, and then get to the end and still not have all the puzzle pieces. What a nightmare! It's a nightmare. And then uh, so every now and then I'm I'm looking it up to be like, okay, what puzzle pieces have I missed? Um, I mimed looking it up on my phone um, for people who aren't Mark who are <laughs> listening to the show. You're committed. <laughs> um, but yes, I'm I'm gonna do it. Um, I am through that island now. Then I'm just onto the fifth, the sixth, and then the special levels at the end, and then I'm done. Um, but I will clear out this game, Mark. I'm gonna see every little bit of concept art that it has to offer. Yeah, that's super impressive to me. Um, the uh, so the collecting the puzzle pieces does not contribute to your overall completion percentage. In yeah, which game. is interesting to me. Uh, all it does is unlock. Uh, so the, the percentages are just the Kong level, the letters, and finishing each level with the various exits. Um, what the the only thing that the puzzle pieces do is unlock the these like pieces of concept art, and some of them are you know whatever they're just sort of they look like stills from the game, but like someone kind of sketched them out, um, and others are really more conceptual, um, and it means you get to see a lot of drawings in. Uh, of Donkey and Diddy in a like slightly different art style, um, and it makes me wish that like some of that like they would make a Donkey Kong game in these art styles where he looks more like an actual cartoon and not like you know whatever we call that rare Donkey Kong style. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just really enjoying enjoying those, and I'm 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 glad that they're all there. Uh, Mark and I were also playing uh, Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, but we will talk about that in like a month. Um, so no, nothing further needs to be said about that now. All right, let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Today, February 5th, Etrian Odyssey Nexus is coming out for the 3DS. This is uh, supposedly the final Etrian Odyssey game to be released on the 3DS. Uh, all right. Uh, there, there, how many Etrian Odyssey games have there been on the 3DS? I'm not, sh- I'm not, I'm not sure, actually. I th- think that the game before Nexus was Etrian Odyssey 5, I want to say. I don't know that they were all released for the 3DS, and I could be totally wrong. Uh, yeah, that, that does seem right. Uh, uh, 5 was the previous one. All right. And then on Thursday, February 7th, uh, Blaze Blue Central Fiction Special Edition is coming to Switch. Now, I was asking about this earlier, and you were saying that this is a re-release, I guess the special edition of a... The fourth uh, game in the series, right, which came out, I think, for the 3DS, uh, excuse me, the PlayStation 3 originally. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not a uh, a Blaze Blue guy, um, but I mean, it, it looks like the kind of fighting game that I would be interested in. It doesn't not look like an SNK fighter to me, which is like a little bit more style, but I really don't know anything about it. If anyone is uh, listening now that knows anything about the, the Blaze Blue games and wants to try to sell me on it, shoot me an email, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And then on Friday, February 8th, Yokai Watch 3 is coming for the 3DS. Uh, 
they do they they did away with like um releasing two different versions like they had for previous games or is it that's actually a good question i'm not sure hmm um maybe this includes maybe it is two versions and this listing just has one uh look we don't know much about yokai watch (laughs) uh all right it's like pokemon with yokai it's like pokemon that we're even less familiar with (laughs) all right mark let's get out of the new releases Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, And today, because uh, our our listener Chandler requested it, we are going to be talking about Into the Spider-Verse. Happy, so, happy birthday, Chandler. Happy birthday, Chandler. Uh, so, Mark, Into the Spider-Verse, we saw this movie. We did. We saw it together. It's true. Uh, uh, we went to the... Where did we see this movie? Arclight. We went to the Arclight Because Hollywood. we went to um, Umami beforehand and got Impossible Burgers. That's right. It's become a little bit of a tradition in um, in our friend group to see some of the Marvel movies to get get a new mommy burger and then go to uh, uh, the Marvel movie uh, when it comes out, and usually the Marvel movies are at this cool little theater that we go to. Am I ta- am I talking too much about this? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, guys, we're so LA. We are so LA. Oh my god. So Spider Verse, uh, Mark, what'd you think of Spider Verse? I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Um, yeah, <laughs> I thought I thought it was great. Is are we done? Is there, is there no? We yet? we we've got like at least four more minutes. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's tough because um, I just really like the movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, it's I you know I'm a I'm a big fan of um the Spider-Man comics. I was super plugged into um Spider-Man during uh like the Dan Slot run on um like going into the Spider Verse. Uh, I loved Spider Gwen when she was introduced. So seeing her in this movie is, you know, was uh, amazing. Um, and just all of the, uh, you know, stuff of just, just seeing parallel uh, Spider people. Um, that's that's very exciting to me. And now I want to see any like licensed property that does this sort of thing. Like, yeah, give me a Into the Batman verse. Give me an Into the Super verse. Give me an Into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles verse. That's all I want. Just mash them up. Yeah, I thought that, I mean, it just worked for me entirely. I thought it was funny, that it was surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really beautiful to look at. And to listen to. And to listen to. Uh, one of my friends who saw it, actually two people I know who saw it, uh, commented that when they were watching it, they felt like they were had wandered into the wrong theater and were seeing the 3D version. Like, they felt like... Oh, that's like, interesting. Yeah, like... Um, they so I guess for them, like the visual style didn't entirely sync, like it didn't work for them. Yeah, well, th- I mean, th- there is something that does make uh like o- objects in the foreground feel like I think you maybe do see some like mismatched um like lines for characters that are more in the foreground, which is sort of that uh the effect of seeing something in three D, right? That there are like two versions of the image next to each other, um, but like. I don't know. I, I 
it's like they invented a visual style for for this movie. Yeah, absolutely. I, like every, I don't know, like everything I've read about it is like, oh yeah, it, it looks like the comics, and it's like, well, it really doesn't. Like, no comic looks that good, you know. Um, and like the the language of comics is different from the language of cinema, and uh, like this thing definitely borrows from both and creates its own identity. Um. But yeah, I could see where maybe that uh, messes with some people's eyes. And I guess like the one criticism, if I had any at all for this movie, which again I love, is that occasionally it was too visually busy for me for extended periods of time. Sure. And I appreciated it more when it in like the when the editing was less frantic. Sometimes it was just too much when the editing was like really quick. Yeah. Um yeah, I I guess I I could see that especially in the like last um action sequence where like any sense of space is kind of tossed out the window where like they're just jumping around on like buses and like streets that are like flying through the air. Um how how big is this thing? How big is the like wormhole generator under Fisk Tower? Uh, uh, Seemingly enormous. Immeasurably large. <laughs> um but you know, even like even that stuff, it it all like more or less works and is like fun and funny and exciting. So like, yeah, even my criticisms, I'm like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm glad that it is successful. Like, I'm glad that they're moving ahead with other movies in the universe. This is probably the Spider-Man movie from Sony that I've like really loved, right? Ever other, other than Venom. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, of course, right. Of other course than you, Venom, you but I mean that that goes that goes without saying. I mean, it's it's Venom, The Amazing Spider-Man two, Spider-Man three. Uh, man, yeah. man there have been some bad Spider-Man movies in the yeah. last like decade and a half. I mean, there's probably more bad Spider-Man movies than good Spider-Man movies. Sure, sure, like, like James Bond. Yes, exactly. Like I don't think the first Spider-Man movie is very good. Uh, like the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Yeah, oh, but I guess well, we'll I never guess, know for sure. Yeah. Never know. Happy birthday, Chandler. <laughs> we <laughs> kind of talked about Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, we were accompanied today by the Victoria Symphony as conducted by Tanya Miller. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. Okay, so last week, Nintendo released their earnings report for the l- nine months ending Jan- or December 31st, 2018. And really, like, the big news out of their briefing is a redefining of the company's business strategy. Okay. So it's pretty big. Uh, Previously, and is made popular by former president Satoru Iwata, one of Nintendo's core tenants was, quote, expansion of the gaming population, i.e. the, like, blue ocean strategy that we heard a ton about during the Nintendo DS and Nintendo Wii years of attracting demographics outside of what is considered, like, the standard stereotypical video gamer so like of a dude teenager you know who dude teenagers man that's pretty i mean that you know that's pretty much the gaming sweet spot but uh nintendo's feeling now is that with the explosion in mobile devices and mobile gaming everyone games sure like and so the previous barriers that nintendo was trying to break down don't apply anymore so their new strategy as a business is broken into three main pillars one the dedicated video game business and this remains their core so this is their dedicated hardware and dedicated software their mobile business is the second pillar and then the third pillar is the ip expansion business so uh, the ip expansion business and the mobile business 
are sort of like what the blue ocean turned into, right? Like if if what the blue ocean was originally, uh, you know, like uh, we fit or we sports, um, or you know, brain age, um, games that are meant to appeal to people who don't play games, uh, that has been sort of replaced with a mobile stuff, which is just kind of acknowledging that everyone plays mobile games or at the very least interacts with their mobile device all day, every day anyway. Um, and IP expansion being uh, like how you reach, how you actually reach out to more people. Um, if you can't reach someone through a game, reach them through a movie or a theme park or a TV show or something. Right. So uh, to your point, basically, instead of trying to expand the audience for games, Nintendo is saying that that audience is already there. Like the audience has already been expanded. Mm-hmm. So uh, our focus now is just to continue to make games that appeal across the spectrum of people who are playing. So it doesn't mean no more Labo, no more Brain Age, no more We Fit, or w- in whatever form that takes. Yeah. It just means we don't have to try to attract that audience. That audience already exists for games. Man. Like they're already, in bo- are already on board for gaming. When are they going to put a Brain Age on my phone? And it seems like a no-brainer. Like, it, it really does. They could call it no-brain age. <laughs> uh, as far as the IP expansion aspect of the business, Nintendo says that they will, quote, work mainly through partnerships with other companies to expand the number of people who have regular access to Nintendo IP in areas other than video games. Sure. So they're not, like, stepping up to say, like, we're going to make a Zelda movie on our own. We're going to, f- we'll figure it out. They're yeah. working with partners. Exactly. Right. So uh, to that point, they say that Super Nintendo World, which is the theme park land at Universal Studios J- Japan and Osaka, is on track for a 2020 opening around the Summer Olympics that are being hosted in Tokyo. Uh, 2020, by the way, is super soon. Yeah. Like, it's 2019 now. It's February. It's only 11 months away. We're already one month down. That's... that. We've been doing this show for like two years. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, if we do what we've done of this show again already, we will have blown right past 2020. Incredible. Uh, Universal Studios Hollywood has allegedly started construction, but Universal hasn't made it official on their version of Super Nintendo World. Like, if you go to Universal Studios on the, um, what do they call lower lot? Yeah. They've like cleared a bunch of land. To again, down we, a bunch we of are sound so LA. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then there's a, um, at Universal Studios Florida, Nintendo is allegedly going to be a big part of their as of yet unannounced new theme park opening probably in the next five or to seven years. All right. Uh, and then Illumination Entertainment, which is part of Universal, Nintendo obviously has a very close relationship with Universal Studios at this point, is they have a Super Mario movie, which is scheduled, uh, currently for 2022. Does that seem like a long way away? I mean, I know it's it's a animated movie, and those take a long time to make. Um, but I feel like it's insane that we know about this so far in advance. Twenty twenty two. Can you name another movie that's coming out in twenty twenty two? Oh man, yeah, that's that's a really good point. Like that's just not how we talk about movies. Like uh, unless we're like Marvel, um, or like if you're talking about Star Wars and like you're making an educated guess like you you're not going to be able to say three years out what what movies are coming out yeah yeah it's a good point and who and that's just what when it's like planned for release yeah 
who knows if it runs into like development issues or anything like that. Uh, Nintendo is also beginning to expand their retail store presence. They're going to be opening a new store in Tokyo later this year. And also, wouldn't it just make sense with the opening of these Universal Studios theme park lands that they would open a Nintendo World type store in the City Walk malls that they have outside of the Universal Studios theme parks? Yeah, that would be. Per- I mean, that would be great because then you could go eat at a, uh, like a chain restaurant, right? Uh huh. What else is at City Walk? I mean, just like a bunch of chain. I restaurants. mean, that's exactly that's what it's for. Is like a chain restaurant and like uh. Uh, tourist shops yeah <laughs> right exactly uh and then uh, a nintendo world store yeah that that would be great yeah i don't I, make a day of it i'm still not really clear on like why there is just is there just one of these stores in the world and it's in new york as far as i'm aware why <laughs> why new york well that part <laughs> makes sense to me just because it's a city that never sleeps and yeah it's uh the big apple mm-hmm. and it's where you can get lost and uh trick the sticky bandits um it has it all it does have it all including a nintendo world store uh mobile gaming is currently a tiny part of nintendo's overall earnings but it's something they're obviously focused on aggressively expanding mm-hmm. we learned that mario kart tour the mario kart mobile game that was announced last year has been pushed back it was originally supposed to release before the end of march but um will now release sometime in summer of this year um how how do you feel about that right now? The knowing that it, it got pushed back a little bit, I I would be really curious to know who's developing uh, Mario Kart Tour. Uh, Retro. <laughs> well, no, I mean the the reason I say that is because oh, so Nintendo also announced Doctor Mario World coming mm-hmm. early summer, and that's developed in coordination with uh, a Japanese messaging app company Line and a company called NHN Entertainment. So that's the third outside company that nintendo is working with on these mobile games there's dna right which was like the the first the right and like the first partnership exactly with for like super mario world i think they developed animal crossing and also fire emblem Emblem heroes but i'm wondering if they're developed mario kart tour because nintendo purchased uh shares in dna and but had DNA buy of, shares in them too, right? I I can't remember exactly okay. how it worked, but uh, it kind of feels like that hasn't worked out super well. Like their most successful mobile game currently is um, Dragalia Lost, and that's by Psy Games. And then we have this third company. Is, is Fire Emblem Heroes not more successful? I, I it I know it too is also very successful, or at least like. That 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 uh, Dragalia Lost and Fire Emblem Heroes are like on the same tier or like similar tiers yes, uh, uh-huh. as far as success is concerned, monetary success. But also, Dragalia Lost is in like a handful of regions at this point. Oh, good point. And Fire Emblem Heroes is much more. Uh, it has been released in more places in the world. Uh, Dragalia Lost is one of those games I I every now and then like think about going back to. Do you ever think I, yeah, about totally. It? And it's probably changed so much yeah. since it was released. Uh, I think there's way more content in it now. Um, and actually, one of the things they mentioned is that they are going to be releasing Dragalia Lost in more territories around the world. Uh, but yeah, I, it, I don't know what to think of their mobile stuff. Um, so to answer your question, if DNA is responsible for Mario Kart Tour, I think that is reflects poorly on that mm, partnership. I see. I see what you're saying. I see. Because I see. it feels like it's been bumpy. 
Um, but how are you feeling about Dr. Mario World, knowing that we know nothing but a title Look, about it? It's a Dr. Mario game, so I'm there day one. Um, it could even be like sort of a predatory <laughs> Dr. Mario game that makes me play, pay, I mean, for like another minute with it. Yeah, I mean, you know there's going to be like a Magic Fingers at, uh, at a hotel. Yeah, like yeah, a cheap exactly. hotel. Yeah, it, it'll come with a like coin op attachment, and I got to put a, a quarter into it. Uh, and all, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Uh, and also like if, if Dr. Mario world ends up being anything else, um, I, th- I still think that the Dr. Mario IP has a like power of personality to it. Those viruses have enough, uh, personality that has never really been tapped. Um, like let's put those viruses in another context and do something with them. Try to stomp them out with pills. <laughs> Here's my guess for what this game is. Yeah. Since it's called Dr. Mario World, I think that there's an overworld map. There's a little bit of story and you go from like level to level and there are different like ma- uh, puzzle configurations that you have to basically like different, what would you call that? Boards? Yeah. Like, like different challenges. Yeah. That you have to complete. And then there's a little cutscene afterwards and you move on to the next level and the microtransactions are like power-ups or items that you can buy to help you get through one of those uh, puzzle boards easier. Like something that like drops and destroys a bunch of viruses, no matter, you know, what color they are or things like that. Right. Well, and also like, I feel like it's, it's pretty common with um, puzzle games that, uh, you know, the, you can do like play or wait or pay or wait rather. Um, So that you, to take another shot at the board, um, you either need to wait for five mm, minutes mm-hmm. or uh, just actually pay money and get like more tokens to, d- to, to do it. If there are uh, like leaderboards in this and I can see how my friends are, are playing, like I, I, I'm, I'm a total sucker for multiplayer Dr. Mario. Like I'm, I'm, I'm there. We also learned that Nintendo Switch Online has passed 8 million subscribers. So uh, six, wait, 20 bucks each mm-hmm. subscriber. So $160 uh, million. Not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> uh, Nintendo President Sh- Shintaro Furukawa said that they are working to expand the services offerings like with SNES games, maybe? Well, we don't know. Actually, we don't know what February's offerings are going to be. Not that we knew what January's offerings were until like three days before it happened. Mm-hmm. But worth pointing out, that could happen in February. We don't know. Also, Nintendo weirdly said during its briefing that it's they were they were like, uh, we're preparing at least one unannounced title for Switch that, quote, fans would be delighted to know, end quote. Mm. And then they also mentioned they have another unannounced title, quote, that is a nice fit to the online program. Um, why 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 would you end like what a weird what a weird tease. I mean, it is worth noting that this is that the event that we are talking about is not for fans. Uh-huh. It is for investors, yes. right? Um and you know that they want to tell investors like, "No, no, we got some more we got some more tricks. Like you're you'll get your money your money is well invested here." Mm-hmm. Um but they're not prepared like in marketing terms to start telling you and me about it. Uh-huh. Uh, so they gotta just be like, well, we've got something, and Mark and Patrick are gonna like it. But isn't that implied? Hopefully, y- yeah, sure, yes. Yeah. I mean, why call out one game specifically without like saying what the game is? No, I mean, why at all? Just be like, okay, there's a game that we're making, 
with one that fans are going to go crazy over. It just seems weird. It just seems like a totally weird tease. Yeah. It like, d- isn't hopefully every game you're developing something that fans will be interested in? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, do you think that's how they like pitched arms to their investors that they were like all Nintendo fans I don't think are going to be into this? They did not pitch arms to their investors because the investors have been like, "No. What? That doesn't have Mario in it." All right, so Mark, what do you think these games are? I have one, no, uh, one one game that's uh that you, uh, fans will be excited 2D about. 2D Zelda. Okay, and the one that's perfect for online? Uh that Star well, Fox three. Racer game. <laughs> Star Fox Racer game sounds uh-huh. great. Uh, last week, we also got a big rumor from Japanese business newspaper uh, Nikkei, which reported that Nintendo will be launching a smaller version of the Switch as early as this year. So, according to their sources, the new Switch will be smaller, focused on portability, and uh, will cost less at the price of having some reduced features. Uh, so, what do you think? Do you think that means uh, can't pull off Joy-Cons? Yeah. Maybe, like, okay, so when reports surfaced last year that Nintendo was working, like, actively working on a uh, hardware revision, we did a whole episode where we were speculating on hardware, and our thought, we were pitching things for, like, a Switch Pro. Like, a better Switch. But we refuse to call it a Switch Pro. (laughs) That's right. Because we have standards. Uh Uh-huh. They're low, but we do have them. (laughs) Uh, but this seems to be going in entirely the opposite direction. This this is like a 2DS play. Sure. Where you had your, like, premium 3DS, and then you also had, like, the 2DS version that's cheaper, has less features, was timed with a brand new Pokemon game, Pokemon XY. Which we, by the way, have. Coming up Switch, in 2019. This year. Uh, right. Generation 8. So, I mean, it makes sense. It seems like they're playing from the same playbook. I mean, it... If Pokemon came out on Switch this year, with the Switch being like the normal base Switch model, that would be the first time that they would be putting out a core Pokemon game on a. And I guess I'm not counting uh, the Let's Go games in in the as core games, um, but on a system that's as expensive as it three hundred dollars mm-hmm. for for a Switch, um, like the most expensive a. Uh, uh, 3ds was was like 200, right? Or like a, a 3ds XL, I think is 200. Uh, I think didn't it launch much more expensive than that. Like, didn't it launch at almost 300 dollars? Honestly, I don't 250? remember. The point is, uh, Pokemon's got to get in as many hands as possible. Um, you've got to have four machines in your house so that all your dumb kids can play and you can play. Um, so like they, it, they, it needs to be on hardware that is as accessible and affordable as possible and if that's what this is then like you know more power to nintendo i guess totally and to your point i think uh enthusiasts for the most part have really embraced the switch and like the hardware it's the most premium in my opinion like premium looking and feeling nintendo hardware in a long time but the one criticism everyone has of it is like it's not really suited for children. Like, it's almost too premium. Yeah. You can't t- safely hand it to a child. And, like, a 3DS, if they throw that thing around, you're kind of like, uh, 
whatever yeah. it can take well, a beating. And, and especially a 2ds you could hold the door open with that thing it's fine <laughs> well and like uh it, the the nature of it too with the uh, joy cons that slide on and off uh make it difficult to put it in like a case or something because like you can put an ipad in you know one of those like nerf looking cases and a kid can re- that is an, an ultra premium device but there are easy like surefire ways to protect it from a kid messing with it if you hand a kid your switch you know, even if it's in like a a grip or a uh, you know kind of foam case or whatever that's protecting it, you know they're gonna be able to like get at it and pull Joy Cons off, and they, you know it, it I it is not a kid proof device. Yeah, so yeah, I shooting from the hip here. I'm thinking like smaller the screen, mm-hmm. like the form factor smaller, so the screen is smaller. The Joy Cons don't come off like they're always attached probably doesn't slide into your dock it, you, you maybe you can it either has like a separate dock you could buy or you just plug in like the USB-C directly into it or there's like a dongle that attaches yeah. to the USB port that you can plug in you know to the dock something like that yeah um yeah and i mean all all of those th- those are all good calls and you know it, with that you could also uh th- this is a tiny thing but like take out the the kickstand at that point because you know, if, if you're making it a strictly handheld device, it does not need to be, um, it does not need to have that tabletop functionality. And if it doesn't dock at all, like if it is purely a handheld device, yeah. you're pro- probably, this is totally a guess, like can use um, less powerful like chips. Yep. You maybe don't need the fan, just like, or oh, you don't yeah, need, you know, I mean, I, right. Again, pure speculation. Right, right, right. But um, it will be interesting to see. Like, I trust uh, DK. Yeah, it, they it does, have like reliable sources. This does seem like it's at least a little bit more substantiated than the sort of rumor of switch revisions um, that kind of float around the internet and that, that you and I then perpetuate by recording entire episodes. It does bum me out a little bit that like, um, you know, when when we were talking about things that we wanted to see in the switch revision, we were doing some pie in the sky stuff, but like there is just some sort of you know base quality of life things where you're like, hey. Uh, you know the the there was the battery issue where like some of the batteries swell and make like the screens pop a little bit. Should definitely take care of that. Uh, the Wi-Fi antenna, the interior Wi-Fi antenna is uh, bad. It should be stronger. Um, the uh, I had a third one. Oh, uh, Bluetooth um headphone support. Um, like these these are things that like don't seem like huge upgrades. Uh, to like the hardware that just should that should should be made. Well, I. I guess uh, if they are following the 3DS playbook, right? we're getting the 2DS version this year, maybe. And then, and then the XL. Exa- or the or new. even the new. Yeah. yeah in or the maybe future. the new XL. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, because I totally agree. There are a lot of those like uh, niceties that I would like to see buttoned up on the Switch. Yeah. And if they did release a new Switch... Um, I would 100% buy that version of it as well. Right. Nintendo knows I'm a sucker, and Nintendo is not one to leave money on the table. No. We're it's... suckers. Nintendo! <laughs> Let us give it you our money. Let us give it you our money. <laughs> Turning our attention to things we know for certain in grammar that I will try to nail. <laughs> Persona Q2, New Cinema Labyrinth, is, co- is coming to North America and Europe for the Nintendo 3DS on June 4th. Interestingly... The game won't have an English dub at all. It's going to be Japanese voices with subtitles only. 
which uh, for most players of the Persona Q games means that they won't have to go into the menus to switch the voice acting to Japanese. That's right. So in that way, it's a kindness. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, also, THQ Nordic has announced Darksiders Warmastered Edition for Switch coming April 2nd. Seems like this is just the first game in the Darksiders series for 30 bucks. Uh, I don't have anything to say about the Darksiders series. Yeah, me either. Great. Moving on. The ESRB, the Entertainment Software Ratings Board here in the United States, has rated Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, uh, Koji Igarashi's crowdfunded spiritual successor to Castlevania. Um, in Oh, it's been rated teen. In December, the game was delayed to sometime in 2019, but usually games are submitted to the ESRB when they are close to being finished because it has to be the final build or close to the final build. Um, when it's submitted. So sometime in 2019 might be sometime soon in yeah, 2019. Yeah, maybe sooner rather than later. Um, where are you right now on your Bloodstained Ritual of the Night uh, like hype level? So I, di- uh, I enjoy a lot of those Castlevania uh, mm-hmm. games. I We really liked Curse of the Moon. Yes. Um, I didn't crowdfund this one. I wouldn't call myself like a diehard... Uh, Symphony of the Night, like Castlevania, like th- that type style fan, but I'm definitely interested in this, but kind of waiting for like reviews. Yeah, sure. I, I feel like uh, this feels too similar to um, uh, Mighty Number no. Nine, like uh, Inafune leaving, um, uh, you know, uh, leaving behind Mega Man to like make that, a new Mega Man style. That's game. a really cruel thing to say. I know it is. I know it is. <laughs> well, and I mean, just just like uh, just like Mighty Number no- like Mighty Number no. Nine when it was first showed off had like kind of cool hand drawn sprites, and then it went to a sort of like kind of crappy looking two point five D polygon uh, uh, like art style, and that is kind of similar to what we're seeing in, in Bloodstained. I don't know that we ever saw. Um, like cool old pixel art or anything like that, but we do have the example of Curse of the Moon, which does look like an old Castlevania game, and now you know all the character models are um, you know 3D and everything. I think uh, uh, Igarashi's just like got. I, I feel like his pedigree is is like better and higher anyway. Um, so I am hoping that this is not a Mighty Number no. Nine situation, but I share your. Um, kind of wait and see philosophy on this one i mean it's clear that this game has had a rough go of it Mm -hmm. it's been through like three developers um it's been delayed uh so yes definitely hoping for the best uh microsoft is set to announce a new cross-platform development platform at gdc 2019 that will allow developers to use Xbox Live to support achievements, social systems, and multiplayer across games on iOS, Android, and Nintendo Switch, in addition to PC and Xbox. What does this mean? So something like this already exists for Minecraft. Yes. Like it, if, if you want to play uh, Minecraft online uh-huh. on Switch, you need an Xbox Live account. Right, and you sign in with your Xbox Live account, and you earn achievements with that Xbox Live account. So basically, it's like, uh, to my mind, and the formal announcement hasn't happened, but right. what it seems to me is that they are just making Xbox Live a platform that d- any developer could potentially leverage. So instead of having to create your own online, you would just use, use Xbox, Xbox Live. Live. Similar to how like iCloud is a standard yeah. that Apple gives to developers and developers can choose to integrate it 
I assume Xbox Live would become a similar thing for gaming. So uh, Xbox Live is a free service, correct? Uh, yes. I owned an Xbox briefly. Yeah, I mean, Xbox. I think just like uh, PlayStation Plus, there's an Xbox Live Gold, which is what you need to go Got online. It. But mm-hmm. to have just an Xbox Live account, it is a free service. So if there are games that are being released on like multiple platforms, like uh, the aforementioned Wargroove, um, and there are achievements that go with it, uh, and I buy it on Switch, do you think that that will talk to my Xbox Live account on Switch, and I will be earning achievements, like Xbox achievements in Wargroove as I play it on my Switch? Yes, I think that because it would be like tied to your account. Right. So, yes. Um, what, do you think there's a world where Nintendo gets in on that too, and they're like, and you can also earn achievements in Mario Odyssey. I don't. I. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. At least not immediately. Yeah. Um. But honestly, online has never been something that Nintendo has done particularly well. Right. Seemingly almost by like choice, where they're just a little bit like, no, we are too worried about being <laughs> sued, maybe or like bad press. So we don't want you to be able to like do a lot of the social things you can do on Xbox and PlayStation because those can be abused and we just don't want to be responsible for that. I mean, I do think that is part of it, but I, I think, and this is something that we come back to a lot, is that uh, Nintendo is a toy company. They are not a technology company. And while they use a lot of cool technology in their toys, um, you know, they the sort of nuts and bolts of communication technology, hugely complicated and you know Sony and Microsoft have that sort of uh, have that infrastructure in there to support it from the beginning, and you know Nintendo just doesn't. That's just not where their priorities are. They don't have a bunch of other arms of their company that is doing the that, that you know doing these things on on, on their own. Um, so like it's maybe just not feasible for like not only aren't there priorities towards it, it just might not be feasible for them to provide a smart online structure. And if Microsoft is just going to be like, hey, it serves us to be on your system, uh, it serves Nintendo to have that on their system as well. So I don't know. I I, I think it's I think it is probably one of the only ways that uh, a solid online service is going to be able to come to switch yeah i totally agree and i think it would be hilarious if in a few years nintendo's like oh the nintendo online service is just xbox live like (laughs) we're just we're just gonna we're just gonna use xbox live like we're just gonna be a developer that uses that yeah that would be great if look if we could make friends on the switch and not have to uh share friend codes with each other i'm there i'm there let's do it Finally, a new Splatfest is taking place in Splatoon 2 this weekend. It's Pancakes versus Waffles. Ooh, tough. And the Splatfest starts February 8th at 8 p.m. Pacific time and lasts the standard 24 hours. Patrick, Team Pancakes, Team Waffles, death is not an option. Oh, my God. And neither is French toast? <laughs> no, um, no, because that's that one's too easy. Because you just do French toast. Yeah, it's, um, it's just... They're just so good. I th- think I'm gonna have to go waffles here. I think I'm going waffles too. Uh, waffles are more uh, labor intensive, mm-hmm. but I'm assuming in this scenario it is eat and not make. Right. I, th- I think that's true. And if nothing else, egos are a waffle that are I would require e- very little that's work. The, that's the easiest thing to make. <laughs> you can't put w- pancakes in the toaster. Let me ask you this: Do they make f- frozen pancakes? They probably do. They probably and do. they're probably disgusting. All right, Mark. Let's get out of the news. 
Okay, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcast. If you like this episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter or something. That helps us out tremendously. Um, on Twitter, I am at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. The Facebook page for the show is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apeitbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying, uh, be our friends on Xbox. And thanks for listening. Campfire.